back to Moms in Baseball. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. Today is part two of our episode, Travel Ball versus Rec Ball. If you haven't listened to part one, I think you should go back and do that now. We're going to continue with our special guest, Trevor. He has been a board member, a coach, parent on both, and he's our expert right now. Right, we'll jump right in in this episode, and we're going to discuss the differences between travel ball and rec ball. Uh, Trevor has some higher-level observations from a different perspective about the two, and we're going to discuss why you would choose one or the other. So welcome, everybody. Trevor. So, you know kind of on me to start talking about some of the other differences that happen in travel and rec ball. I think that's kind of why I'm here because from a coaching perspective, it is, um, it's very, very different. And it has been a process that I had to learn. And thankfully, I, I like to think I'm a person that does like to learn and adjust when it kind of sees when things aren't going that great. And so part of the reason you know, honestly, we went into travel too, was because I was frustrated with rec ball um, for a variety of reasons that people and dads have been frustrated with rec ball for the past hundred years. Uh, I can honestly say I was that guy. Um, And so when I got into the travel ball experience and learned about coaching and tried to become the best coach I could be, uh, I then said, okay, well, let's now bring this back to rec ball. And you can't coach that the same. You cannot. And it took me a couple years to really hone in rec coaching versus travel coaching with all the differences that you guys talked about already. And, you know, most people that, you know, these two in particular, Diana and Stephanie know me. Um, I'm pretty particular about some things when it comes to travel ball stuff, but my list of my sheet of recommendations when it comes to rec ball is, is yeah, white or gray pants is fine. (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) you know, let's just keep it in the, just go with the flow, not black. I mean, I know what your guys' first podcast was and I know where we'd like to go with that, but you know, it was white or gray. It's just not that big of a deal. And it took me a while to get to that point. And also even to kind of educate our boys on this. Um, And they're like, but we already do all these drills. And and using this opportunity to say, okay, now it's time to be leaders, right? It's time to teach. And knowing full well, um, one of the things we haven't talked about is, is what I do for a living. I'm a psychologist. We know that teaching is one of the best ways to actually learn for ourselves too. And so that's why rec's been important for us. And if they become leaders and teachers on the field, then they're learning and honing their craft a little bit better as well and making friendships along the way. And I think that's pretty, that's demonstrated. We've seen, I've seen some pretty fantastic improvements on a baseball field uh, with our rec teams, Um, kids that didn't even understand the game and then are leaving, having a great time and, you know, think we've been pretty successful, but a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, the parents, it always has to do with the parents. Are they going to get the kid there? Are they going to support them? Are they going to encourage them? You know, I mean, it's, there's a whole big thing there, but if we talk about drama, there's going to be drama no matter where you go. Uh, (laughs) There's going to, because somebody ain't going to be happy all the time. And the one thing that I noticed, and uh, Diane and I were talking about this earlier, is that what I really realized for, for rec ball was 
that I don't want to say that it didn't matter, but it didn't have the same intensity because my agenda was different, right? I was really teaching kids the how to enjoy the game, how to love the game, knowing that they might go on to be great high school players and possibly further. I mean, we've all heard those stories. Uh, just because a kid's playing travel at 11 is good doesn't mean he's going to go on, he or she's going to be on, go on to be amazing. There's a kid out there right now who hasn't even thrown a ball who's going to be a great pitcher. Like, it's going to happen. And so knowing that, but also knowing that I want to create fans of the game because you know, the game needs fans, right? They need people to keep watching and to keep loving the game in the way that I love the game. Uh, no different than football or other sports have that too. And if I make their experience on the baseball field miserable by being a travel ball coach trying to win championships at a rec league, they'll never go back to the game ever again. And I don't want that on my watch, right? I don't want that. So playing time was relatively equal. Uh, I would change playing time pretty much solely based upon consequences. You know, just use it as, it would be consequences, things if a person was late. But I wouldn't do that because I was trying to run a strict organization. I would do it because as a psychologist, I feel you got to be responsible for, for your own actions. And, you know, if you're late for practice, you're going to be late for your job. And and that doesn't create good humans, good fathers, good sons, etc. And And that's always a big deal. That's why I love the game is I think it teaches some of these things. So, you know, the intensity and dedication is different, you know, but where I was going is, is that some of these parents when, whose kids don't play travel because they're not able to, they're not, that's not a choice they made. This was their world series, right? Every Tuesday that they played would be their world series and they would get so wrapped up and we'd be sitting here thinking like, well, if you want intensity, come, you know, come the end of the day on a Sunday down in Canton, Michigan and, and, and see what's going on there, right? But this was their World Series. And I we had to respect that, even if it wasn't for us. And you'd see that sometime with coaches too. So some rec coaches that don't, didn't have other experiences, they would get so stressed and so intense, you know, and not that I wasn't that either, but I would be a little bit more chill. I got to that point anyway. And over the course of time, it's just finding a way to put them together because they are very different and they should be viewed differently uh, in in a lot of ways, but not superior, definitely not superior in, in any way, because I, I would argue that in some ways rec ball is more important than travel ball in terms of developing a love for the game. Most of the time, the kids that are going to travel ball, they already have a love for the game and it's our job to not hurt it anymore by doing too much. Right. You know what I mean? And whereas in rec ball, it's like, hey, this is fun. I mean, I can think of some kids that have made amazing plays that should never have made them in rec ball. You know, a line drive being caught. I mean, I gave a kid a game ball because he caught a line drive that he should never have caught. I check with him routinely. He goes, it's sitting on my dresser, you know, and this is and this is the kid that didn't have a hit for three years. Remember, he did get one finally, but he didn't have a hit right. for three years, you know, and um, kids hitting their first home runs in. Uh, but something that's now a regularity, especially if you have a certain 12 year old on your team and he busts out windows, um, <laughs> right stuff. <laughs> so, Oh yeah. yeah, it was fun though. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So, you know, there's, there's a very big difference and that's why I think when I heard that you guys were doing this podcast and I, I appreciate you coming on here because I'm, it's something I'm very passionate about. Rec ball is very important and it's very important that it's done right and inclusive so that we continue that love of the game. 
And then those of us that are more competitive, we can do that on weekends in travel ball, which allows that and, and allows for, uh, you know, our kids to fail miserably or succeed wonderfully in, in their more competitive environment that maybe they want to be in. So I guess comments you guys have on that. Yeah, no, I agree. I have uh, three boys, so a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and an almost 7-year-old. And I will agree, I have many people that say to me, oh, why aren't your younger boys in travel ball? And I say, because my middle child would hate me. <laughs> it would totally stunt him and, and blow out his light. Like, he enjoys the Little League experience. He enjoys, like, hanging out, and he's kind of, like, a little laid back. He is not a competitive kid, and, and he just wants to go out there and have fun with his friends, and, and that's fine, as long as he still enjoys having, you know, playing baseball and, and playing the game. I'm all about that. I'm, I'm not going to push him to try and do something more competitive if he's not there. Yeah, I love that. So I am curious, we've talked about how we have experience with our boys, or at least some of our boys, doing both. But I guess I'd love, Trevor, for you to touch on, I guess, just kind of briefly, if somebody's on the fence about, should I do, you know, should we do rec? Should we take the leap and try out for a travel team? Or should we try to do both? Because I know not everybody can do both. So what are your thoughts on that? My first thought is there's a giant social pressure out there that this is the direction to go if you want to be something is to do travel. And it's just not the case. It just isn't the case for kids under the age of 12. Um, you know, there, if we were to write down probably the 20 best kids that we've faced um, or seen, including anybody that might be on our teams or not, through 12U and under, and re, and we now fast forward four years, I guarantee you that less than half of them will be the best kids at that age, right? It's just the way that it goes. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how puberty is going to change somebody. Um, you don't know when they're going to peak. You don't know when they're going to yep. peak. You don't know what their intensity level is going to be. You don't know what's going to happen in their life. There's just so many other factors. And so the biggest thing I would tell a parent who's wanting to make that decision or, or is, is confused about it is, is first and foremost, look at your family situation and do what's best for that. You know, uh, it, it shouldn't be something you mortgage your house for. I mean, it really shouldn't. It should be something you should be able to do. Now, going back to kind of the difference in travel and rec, the one thing that that's happened is, is that we talked about the blurred lines. Like, Travel doesn't have to be this select thing. Um, we've alluded to the fact that we are in an organization that, you know, this year we're talking about going to Branson and we're talking about going to Indiana and in multiple places, things that, you know, we've been striving to do. That's one level of travel. There's a whole other level of travel that is we have one uniform, we have one hat, and we play on weekends six or seven times, maybe five. That's a completely different level of travel that's, it may not be as competitive, but it doesn't mean it's less important. And so, you know, that might be your level, your, your start off level to get that experience to see. And, you know, also you got to just look at your kid. I mean, what is your kid cap? If your kid's the one that runs with a fire that just can't be unbridled, you got to give them something to go burn on. Then, and maybe a, a travel team that has more uh, responsibility, more, more work would be better for them. Right. But if you have a kid who loves baseball, but loves video games and loves reading, 
and loves I mean I'm just picking some things out right to enjoy his free time yeah I love this kid you're talking about yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Lo- loves to have a varied experience then you got to pick baseball that fits into that not burns them out right because I I don't think we can like when it comes to Diane and I and I, I I'm fairly certain you're in the same boat stuff is that we cannot burn kids out of baseball or we lose them. They don't come back. Absolutely. Yeah, They don't come back. And that's my greatest fear, right? That's my greatest fear. So I'm always thinking about that um, because I think, you know, I, I, I'm responsible for maybe, I feel partially responsible for one kid in that way. Um, and, right. You know, it was a joint decision with parents and everything, but at the same point, it's, it still is what it is and he doesn't play anymore. And, and it's a bummer, you know, it's a, it's a bummer. And I, I feel like it, I think the signs were there and I think we just, we, we got a little off our rockers and thinking that it should be something different. So, um, that, that's what I would encourage them to do and realize that rec ball, while not competitive, fosters other aspects of the game that are lifelong and, you know, things that if, if you just like the game later on when you're now 14, you're like, you know what, I, I like that game. I should pick it up. It just so happens I run fast, which we know is probably the most important thing in baseball, that and throwing. And the other stuff <laughs> can mostly be taught, right? You can't, you can't teach a strong arm and you can't teach speed. So if all of a sudden this fast kid who kind of liked the game of baseball starts playing and now he's a stud. I, Diana's brother used to coach a high school team and they had a running back and a track star on their team who actually went on and played Division I football uh, as a running back. Well, he was known as a running back. He actually ended up playing linebacker. And he decided to play baseball that time. And it was amazing. Like, What do you mean? He, he played baseball in high school? Play, or? He played high school for one year in baseball just because. Oh. It was his senior year, and he wanted to do something. And his track coach said he could and mostly he really wanted to go to Alabama on the spring trip I think that was the key aspect of it <laughs> right because yeah, yeah. uh, Brian's high school would do that and we're down there and I'm helping Brian at this this is before I was doing any coaching and it was so obvious I'd sit here and say there's only one kid on this team that could make the pros he goes yeah it's him because he was so fast he, I mean he literally could <laughs> it's the other things that he didn't have the knowledge the IQ the ability to hit all that can be taught right? But you can't teach speed. So those kids will end up coming in, you know, and, and, and they'll make a name for themselves too. And all they need to do is have a love for the game to have it happen. Um, you know, you know, do you get better coaching and travel? I, I don't know. I mean, that's dependent upon, a variety. I know some fantastic <laughs> rat coaches. <laughs> Stephanie's shaking her head. Ste- Not we always. can see, we can see each other and Stephanie's kind of shaking her head. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm not saying like from my direct experience, like through all the teams that we have seen, like not all coaches um, appear that they are that fostering. Like, but we've talked about this too, Trevor, different types of coaches. Um, So yeah, feel it out, feel out your coach and see if that team is the best fit for you. Because no, not all travel team coaches are going to give you those extra lessons because they do not have time for that. They are trying to mesh their team and get everything so that they can work together as a team. They don't have time for the one-on-one lessons. Right. And um, I also wanted to mention that we've talked about how you don't want to do anything to hurt your child's love for the game. So we talked a little bit about should they do both. Um, I would say that 
they ha- your child has to absolutely love baseball to even attempt to do both because it's a lot of baseball to be playing, practicing, playing games during the week, playing tournaments on the weekend. And with that, even if they do want to, you might be part of an organization that just kind of makes that impossible. Either your little league plays on weekends and maybe has some strict rules in place that makes it so if you miss games to be with your travel team like you're not eligible to play all-stars with them or something which we have heard of that happening so your little league may not be conducive to doing both or your travel team may either play games during the week or maybe you have a strict coach who makes his weekday practices mandatory and they're going to conflict with um your rec games or something and so you might not be in an organization that that makes that possible we happen to be lucky that our travel organization is very strongly supportive of Little League in particular and rec ball, and they encourage that. So we kind of lay off practices and things like that during rec season because the kids are practicing with their local rec leagues during the week, and they you know, just go play with the travel team on the weekends. And with that, Trevor, maybe you could talk a little bit about the hierarchy that we kind of have in place for balancing the two if kids are doing both. Yeah, so the in our in our travel organization of which you know I'm I'm on the board now, it, we try to make it pretty clear because there's a social pressure in Little League too to follow um, and 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 not let that team down, and yet at the same time you're also committed to a travel team and you don't want to let them down, and so how do you navigate between both? And so one of the things we decided is that very early on when you sign on to be part of our travel organization you have to understand that there's a hierarchy because your choices impact the other 10 or 11 families that are on that team. And so what we've done is develop this hierarchy of uh, travel ball games come first, the games, okay? Rec ball games come second. So if you have a rec game and a travel game on the same day, you should be going to your travel game. However, if you have nothing going on that day, you go to your rec game. And then after that's travel practice. So you would go to your rec game instead of your travel ball practice because it's a game. And then after that is rec ball practices. So um, one of the reasons I would always coach in rec ball was so that I could navigate and make (laughs) sure my practices were not on the day of travel practices or work on games. I even got to the point where I took the scheduling over for the whole league so I could navigate that. (laughs) So there's just ways you get involved in order to help balance it. And... Um, also you can't complain to a board that you've never been on. So you have to go on the board and try to make it better. I'm pretty, I feel pretty strongly about that. You don't get to complain if you're not willing to go on there and do the work necessary. So, um, now I'm on one, well, I'm on only on one board. Diana took my spot on the other one, but. Well, and if just because I don't know why it worked out like that, but I was on the travel board, you were on the little league board. And then I feel like within a year, we just swapped places. Now you're on the travel board and I'm on the Little League board in different roles, different capacities, excuse me. But yeah, we've definitely been involved probably more than we should. Yeah, I'm the special assistant to the president. (laughs) Mr. El Presidente. (laughs) Who knows Stephanie fairly well. So, (laughs) but... uh, That's nice. That's nice. Stephanie's husband. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how he got out of this one. Yeah, Yeah, I know, right? It could have been like a tag team here. We could have. Well, this is the point where now I mentioned that you guys stole our idea of doing a podcast, and you guys are doing (laughs) it. 
and now we don't. So well, don't be jelly. Don't be jelly, Trevor. <laughs> Time is of the essence, and we didn't have it. So, and I think you guys will be far more engaging than we will in it anyway. So I'll just guest star from time to time. But um, yeah, it's, there's a, there is a hierarchy there, but that's with our organization. I don't think that's with others, you know, uh, you know, Diana brought up that our organization is very rec and travel friendly. We, we very rec and little league friendly just as much as we are with other sports. Like right now we're in conflict because all fall sports were canceled. So we did fall ball and then fall sports came back on and now like we would never have done fall ball if football was going to play. We just never would have. So we're in a kind of precarious position here, but we're trying to make the most of it. Um, but ultimately it's, you know, ask around, ask the organizations, ask questions, right? I mean, you, you have to ask questions. We, we try to be as transparent. Do your research. Do your research. Try to be as transparent as possible. Remember Stephanie, you, Stephanie talked about looking at two different teams and then asking people around, right? Which one would be better for her family? Diana, you were going to say something? I was just going to say, don't give away too many secrets here about how to choose your team, because I feel like very strongly that that's a podcast episode in and of itself. Oh. <laughs> mm, okay. So don't ruin that for me. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but um, I, you know, like every year we ask our kids, "Are you playing travel ball this year?" Like we, it's it, it has to be a point of reference because if they say no, as much as that would gut us, it, it it's their choice. Like you can't force them to play. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it, you got to do what's best for your kid and your family. I mean. It, and not feel pressured into doing this stuff. Not feel pressured just because the people around you are doing it. Don't do it because of them. You, look at you. I mean, any more you want to say on that, Di? I couldn't agree more. I think you have to look at your situation. Are you a single parent and you can only handle so much time-wise or financially? Or you've got a large family that's already spread out, you know, can you take on the time, the commitment? Because it is a commitment. We've talked about that with time, with money, with everything. So um, you just have to look at your own personal situation. Like Trevor said, don't feel pressured and ultimately decide what's best for you and your kid. Yeah. And I'm going to also just reiterate too, that Trevor mentioned it earlier, just because you play travel ball does not mean you're going to make it into, you know, college playing ball or even further on. So people should not feel guilty or feel pressured that they have to do travel ball because they need their kid to get into a, a good sports program or anything like that. You see all the time kids that were, you know, played travel ball for years and didn't make their high school team. I mean, it, it happens. It, it doesn't necessarily translate. Just do what seems to foster your child's love for the game more and is helping them develop their skill set more and makes the most sense with your family. Yeah, why why we did it, and I think it's been fairly successful for our family and families. You know, if we go back, remember I talked about we started with um, Diana's brother. We actually didn't spend a whole lot of time together, even though we lived pretty close. And this caused us to spend, our cousin, the cousins to spend a lot more time together, which was a very positive thing. And that was one of the reasons we started it. One of the reasons I got into coaching was to make sure my kids knew how to be responsible, how to be, how to work hard, how to not, how to be resilient, right? I mean, that's a different podcast in and of itself is Trevor, the psychologist and his importance of resilience in kids. Um, you know, it's the coaching approach that I take, but, 
Uh, yeah, you guys can laugh, but <laughs> you, you gave me the microphone, so. Um, we yes. may we may have to cut him off, right? <laughs> yeah, can I just mute it? No, yeah. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's been exactly what we've wanted it to be and what we hoped it would be for our families, which is why we continue to do it and, and, and sacrifice in the ways. I mean, sacrifice in the ways that need to happen in order to do it. And I think we will continue to do that as long as the kids want to do, want to, um, I don't know anything you guys say want to say about you know since we we are we are examples of people who do both and try to balance that. I mean, anything you guys want to say to that? Nope i've I've agreed with whatever you have said. <laughs> Ditto. Thank you. We really. I mean, I know we're giving you a hard time, but this was our special guest, special guest, special episode. Thanks so much for coming on today, Trevor. Since we do see each other, Stephanie, why did you use air quotes when you said special? I mean, that was. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I do appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I do appreciate it. All right. That's a wrap, everybody. So. Feel free to contact us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're at Moms and A&D Baseball. You can also feel free to email us at momsandbaseball at gmail.com. And we would appreciate it if you have comments or just thoughts that you'd like to share, or if you have any ideas for future shows. We have several ideas ourselves, ourselves, excuse me, but we would love to hear what other people are thinking. Um, on that note on deck for next week. I am so excited about this episode. We're going to be talking about moms and baseball stats. So this is kind of where I just get to completely nerd out and talk about something that I'm super passionate about and hopefully help to get uh, moms and or scorekeepers for teams or dads too. I'd actually love to have some dads chime in to be honest um, to just to talk about some basic baseball stats that you need to understand and then we'll kind of cover how do you get those stats how important are they and how we can make the stats more accurate to go over some common mistakes that people make but until then have fun at the fields we'll see you next week Stephanie's Stephanie's done. That's what that is. All right. Trevor, shut up. Peace out.